All right. Welcome back to the Karis podcast. And I say welcome back. It's been a long hiatus. Um, we on admin have been busy these last few months, but we are really excited to jump back in and talk more about um, classical education. I'm here with Kim Nielsen, and we are sitting here in the Vine office, uh, excited to dive in. And um, so their next few sessions, we're going to be talking about uh, an overview of classical Christian education. I think we'll start out with just, like I said, an overview and the point of why we are interested in classical education and the point of classical education. And then we'll move from there into sort of going through a book called Classical Me, Classical Thee. So if you want to follow along with us, you can find that um, usually on Amazon or Canon Press. It's by Rebecca Merkel, and uh, it's called Classical Me, Classical Thee, Squander Not Thine Education, and it's written from the perspective of a former student. So it's a great uh, it's a great view that I haven't seen, somebody who wasn't raised in a classical Christian um, atmosphere with an education, but have really appreciated it. So I appreciated her perspective. Yeah, I think it's a great way to look at, again, the purpose of classical education and what we're actually aiming for in a different way. So often we look as parents, and I love her, you know, at the beginning, it, we'll talk about this later, but she says, you know, oftentimes for the student, it's it's not even their choice. It was the parent's choice to send them in this direction. And so I thought it was a great way of just reminders, again, of what is our vision for classical education? What are we aiming for? And what are the important parts? Why are we doing what we're doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. So we are looking forward to, Lord willing, the next few episodes being going over that book. Maybe we'll see if Mr. Kinetter can join us for one or two of them. But we'll start here with just even the vision, um, the mission of Karis. Uh, and so as Karis Classical Academy's mission is to partner with parents in preparing students for a lifelong pursuit of learning through classical methodology and joyful discovery, developing depth of character, wisdom, and a desire to engage their world for the glory of God. Um, Kim, do you want to talk a little bit about the end of just the overview of classical education? Yeah, I think it's really easy to kind of, again, we want to give the broad overview, and then we want to get into what does it look like and why are we doing what we're doing. And so, again, classical education is century-old methodology, um, and it's committed to cultivating wisdom and virtue by nourishing the soul on truth, goodness, and beauty. Um, and that gives us some of our aim, too. What are we, what are we looking towards? Um, but we want to equip students with tools of learning so that they learn um, not just what to think or different facts and knowledge, but how to think, how to process through, and how to be lifelong learners, developing not just knowledge, but also wisdom of how to use that. Um, mm -hmm. I know we frequently have talked about it's about what you're becoming yeah. and not just what you know or can do. And we do use what's called the seven liberal arts, the trivium and the quadrivium. We won't really go into those. We've kind of talked about those before. Um, but again, that's part of kind of the modes or how we do it, but it's not the aim. Right. Um, and so we want to talk a little bit more about the aim and why we're doing the purpose of classical education. Um, and so often we can see in the Western world, especially, um, you know, we think of education, the goal is to get into a good college or get a good job. And that's actually very different. I think that's a byproduct often of what we're doing in classical education, but that's not what we're aiming for. 
Right, exactly. Looking, what we're looking for is who who our students are becoming, who are they becoming, how are they going to take all of the uh, the situations they get into, all of the facts they learn, all the opinions, and the um, you know everything that they're going to encounter in life, and fit it into truth, like what they actually believe about it. Basically, be critical thinkers, which is so needed these days. And so, um, even watching our older students, I. For those of you who have young students, I would highly recommend, um, I don't know, pulling a, a parent of an older student aside or even talking to an older student about what they're doing in classes. Uh, it's very, very interesting to hear them interact about our culture today in our their classes yes. as they discuss the classics um, because, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. So as they as we talk about these these older books, these um, rich classics, I guess we'll get into, the bad, get into that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, but uh, as they talk about those things, they can talk about what's going on in our world today um, and be able to process it winsomely, wisely, and interact with others. Yeah, if you can even get in for a little bit to observe a classroom in the older grades, I think it's always been encouraging to me to just see what they're discussing and how they're discussing it. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely, they're on a journey. They're, they're not there often, um, but it's, it's a lifelong journey, so it's encouraging to see where they're at in that process. Um, yeah, one of the things um, as I was looking and um, thinking through what, you know, what is the purpose boiled down of education? Like if we boil it down, I can't really get any better than St. Augustine or C.S. Lewis. <laughs> and C.S. Lewis is actually quoting, I thought, <laughs> quoting St. Augustine um, <laughs> as basically it's it's developing virtue and virtue is ordo amoris which means ordering of loves and so it's basically that what that's what education is about um that the aim is to make the pupil like and dislike what he ought is mm. um again augustine is kind of borrowing from aristotle um and so when i was i thought this was fun when i was looking at this um I googled, you know, um, ordering loves Augustine, and you'll never guess whose name popped <laughs> up. First article, well, maybe it was the second article that popped up, um, was from Circe Institute, and it was our very own, from last year, um, <laughs> Austin Hoffman wrote on this so um, cool. a couple of years ago, and you know, he just talked about how. He was using Augustine and City of God and just what does this ordering of loves look like and why is that important in education? Yeah, I love that. You had lots of layers there too. Augustine, Aristotle, I Lewis. Mean, do I sound Hoffman? really smart? Yes, I know. Absolutely. Yeah, like, isn't that funny that it's Augustine, <laughs> Lewis, Aristotle, and Mr. Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah. yeah, all together, all four. <laughs> you know, if we could same just get Mr. Kinetter in there. Same Oh, man. And Mrs. Nielsen's or, talking Yeah, about Mr. Pointner. Yeah, I Mr. Mean, Pointner. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> oh, I mean, I think it's just interesting. And again, um, this is why, I mean, the Greeks thought through this. And that's really where kind of classical education started in this developing what education looked like um, was with kind of Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. Um, and I thought that was interesting that, you know, even though they didn't have a, a Christian worldview, they were not um, looking at Christ as the, as the virtue. 
Um, they did. I mean, this is why they're still used today. And this is why they were so brilliant is they did see education as applying its applied virtue to life. Mm-hmm. And again, they might have used a virtue a little differently than how we would maybe use that term um, it, or what those characteristics looked like. But it was, um, again, the knowledge of what is good, true, and beautiful mm-hmm. and how to live that out. And that was the aim mm-hmm. of education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we're talking about how to learn, if we're going to um, break this down just a little bit, uh, if we could maybe talk about some of the tools we use um, as we're looking at classical education and some of those virtues, how can we break that down a little bit further so we can be more specific there? Yeah, that's a great, um, great question. Um, Again, if you're looking at how to learn mm-hmm. and who I'm, if the, if it's who I'm becoming, some of the things I need, um, in order to do that. Um, and maybe we could do a classical virtues podcast sometime. Yeah. Um, but you know, I thought humility is the first thing that I, I thought of, um, that I need, I saw someone else called this like the essence of repentance, but basically I need to be able to say, I do not know all that I need to know. I do not live all the ways that I ought to live. I don't even study how I ought to study oftentimes. And that, so that takes humility and this repentance in the way of like a turning. Um, I'll, I'll do a quote from J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, I'm just like dropping quotes. Hey, kind of, you sure I mean, are. It's kind of different for me. Pulling out a um, commonplace book. Ex- right exactly. <laughs> the essence of education is repentance. It is recognizing what we don't know, that we don't know what we ought to know. We don't know what we aspire to. We make up a thousand excuses as to why it is that we're not at all what we were called to be. And so, again, I think it just that humility of saying, um, hey, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I'm going to be, but but I'm, I'm going to turn that over. I'm going to go into the learning process knowing that. And um, if I think I know it all, then I'm not going to be open to learning. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things I think about, too, with our students is, Um, we want them to be interesting people and to be an interesting person. You have to be an interested person. I think that's exactly what you you, Abby Moore. I think that Abby Moore says that. Oh, does she? (laughs) Funny. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I I just think if you're, you know, interested in, it's humility is essentially what that is. It's just being interested in others, in um, what's going on in the world around us. It's exactly what you said. I guess J.R.R. Tolkien said it better than I did. But that's what I think about. It's like, I, I would love, I love that our, students are interesting people yeah because they love to learn yeah or that's what we would love for them and I think it's important to remember that they're in process and if you're if you're a parent of a you know we'll just say seventh through 12th grade student oftentimes they're not saying that they love to learn right this there's sometimes a grumbling or complaining or a like, oh, they're not joyful learners. They're not wanting to do this because, and I think that's, again, why some of this is, this aim is something that's lifelong. And oftentimes we have to look beyond our graduates, beyond the 12th grade year to see if we're successful in these ways, because it's who they're becoming. And you're kind of laying this foundation and kind of 
developing a root system, sometimes you see what's above the surface. And I think we see that in our students, for sure. I do think we're seeing fruit. But I think sometimes it's easy for me to look at even my own kids and say, you're not liking learning. Like, you don't want to do this. You just... But then I have to remember, like, as people, you know, even for myself, like, I... I normally go the easy way, right? Mm -hmm, That's right. human nature. And so are our students at least seeing the beauty of a different way mm -hmm. and not just always going with comfort or what's fun or entertaining? Yeah. Um, and I do think they're seeing that. Um, but again, I I think that's the only thing that sometimes, you know, you hear and you're like, oh, they they don't love learning. They're, they don't like this. Yeah, I think that that's a good reminder, too. It does take faith and um, being able to trust the process and know that this is this is a centuries-old way of learning, and we are trusting the maker. We really are trusting our creator and what he made and being able to see, um, I don't know, see, that's how I see classical Christian education. It's basically being able to see the whole picture. We don't see the whole picture, but just trusting if we know we can see Christ, we see that he is the creator, and we're putting all these pieces together to be able to evaluate well. Um, there is, like you said, a growing process. You're not always going to see it, but there's this faith that and trust that, like, you know, we, we're doing what we can to sow into our kids and as the teachers here are as well. And so um, there's a lot of things we can do as parents, including also being interested people and uh, learning ourselves, being lifelong learners ourselves. I for sure have <laughs> have been convicted many times um, to, in that. And um, I think that's like setting the stage, setting the, you know, our homes to be a way that's a, an interesting um, place to be in a place that's, you know, fill, filled with lifelong learning. But again, like you said, you're not always going to see it right away. And it's just trusting that this is what we're sowing. Yeah. And that goes to like another tool that I thought of as just, or have read to like trust your teachers, mm. um, trusting some of those forms that are kind of those, those disciplines or it's basically the drills, right? <laughs> um, and I know we'll talk about that when we get into classical me, classical the, but, um, you know, if you think about basketball drills, you're doing all these drills that don't feel like they're doing anything. I'm not playing the game, but you're developing skills, you're developing endurance and perseverance so that you can play the game better. Um, and so I think sometimes as a student or even especially probably as a parent who's only seen pieces of, mm -hmm. of the process, it's easy to be like, what? Why are they doing? This is hard. It's not producing anything. But it is in some ways, I think, important to not blindly trust, obviously, um, but kind of trust the process of what of people who have gone before, um, trusting some of those yeah forms and teachers, um, and and what it's producing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, as we think about those things too, even in the meanwhile to sharpen up habits that we have. So you did say you know trust your teachers, trust your forms, and the exercises, sort of those things that we do every day. We don't trust or we don't you know, believe that they're doing anything. They can be boring. Um, but habits are so important to us as humans. I see as an adult, you know, as an older, older adult that, you know, things, I'm, I have a lot of bad habits that I don't even recognize unless I stop and look at them. So I don't know, um, as we think about the habits we're instilling here at Karis and in our education, um, it's good for us at every stage to sort of look at the habits we are 
allowing to take place in our lives and then really cut out the bad ones and, yeah. and sharpen up the good ones. Yeah, it's kind of like you're always going to have to fight against, I mean, it's really like the physics principle, right? Where every, it's just going to devolve into chaos, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, things don't just all of a sudden become order. Like it takes work um, in order to create something orderly and, and beautiful. And um, otherwise, and I feel like that in my own life too. Like if I don't intentionally continue to kind of shore things up, then our lives devolve into chaos, you know, yeah. and disorder. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it does, yeah, I, I think somebody else says you know, th- your theology comes out of your t- fingertips. And I think of that in this as well, like really thinking about what I believe about myself, about the world, about what God has called us to as parents, as teachers, as students, and then what that looks like and who we trust in that, but also like what habits am I allowing my, what am I giving my time to? Does that really, does that really sharpen me to become who I'm supposed to be? I think another, people say this all the time, but just our immediate culture right now with like, you know, texting, instant messaging, instant messaging that, that again works against, you know, the, the long view, you know, like trusting the process because we expect something right away. I for sure do when I'm, you know, exercising or trying to work towards a goal. I want it now. Um, But it is, it is those like long, the long view as we, you know, the little bursts of energy that we have here and there, those are helpful, but it's it's usually like a, a plod. Yeah. And oftentimes for me, it's what is my mind focusing on? Yeah. And so maybe that would be another tool is just focusing your mind on what is good, true and beautiful. It's the Philippians eight, um, thinking about what is true and lovely and excellent. Um, and that verse always just screams classical education to me. Um, and so often in those kind of the fall into chaos or disorder. I'm, I'm not thinking, I'm trying to do like quick fixes or mm-hmm. what's um, immediate, what's comfortable, what's, you know, um, what's easy. And then that tends to lead me into some of those good habits falling apart or me put, setting them aside. Um, but I think that's also true of like what I'm thinking about, even tasks that I have throughout the day. Am I you know, at, at our house, I've just been trying to come down on like complaining and grumbling mm. um, because it's like what you think about affects your, how you do things. Like you said, it's the theology in your fingertips. Um, it's what you start living out. Yep. And so if you want to live out virtues, you, you have to kind of set your mind on the right things. Mm-hmm. And then for me, my emotions tend to follow after that. I don't yes. always have the the feeling beforehand or the joy or the enjoyment um, for me often comes after and not not like as a predecessor. That's a good reminder. Yeah, obedience comes first and then we trust the Lord to, that the feelings will follow. But even if the feelings don't follow, we're still called to obedience. So, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I mean, I think the last tool and... Um, I guess with the other, I would just say grace over everything mm. <laughs> um, to knowing we're going to fail at all of these and we need grace because, yeah. Um, I think that would point to the first one, humility. Yeah, it's true. Because we yeah. need it for ourselves and for others. We can't give ourselves grace. We need it from, from Christ. Yes. Um, and we can't give it without any of that, but it takes humility. But I think that I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. We need to remember that for sure. So I would just say the last tool that I really want to see in my own children and, and the students at Harris 
or myself too, um, is just curiosity. Like mm, yeah. asking questions, just loving learning, wanting to grow. Like you said, it, this should be first and foremost something that the kids see in me. Um, and oftentimes I, I can actually squash this. Like they're asking questions and I'm like, I don't have time for that right now. Or, you know, right. um, you know, it's like, look, get your lesson plans done. <laughs> so, um, again, we want to, we want them to be curious. That is a mark of, um, a good educated person who's going to continue in a, a lifelong pursuit of learning. Yeah, absolutely. An interesting individual. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Who's very interested. True. Yes. And in, yes, exactly. Um, so I don't know, we can probably wrap up. There's mm-hmm. so much to say, but again, I think just holding that our proper aim, um, the end goal is not how my students achieve. Um, and I was actually listening, well, you listened to, you actually told me about the podcast. We both love listening to Basecamp Live um, podcast um, by Davies Owen. Mm-hmm. And um, this was called Telos. And I just, it was so good. Um, but just, again, fighting against our kind of probably our human nature and the culture around us that the education is about what you achieve. Um, But the proper end really needs to be cultivating virtuous human beings able to live well. That was kind of their, one of their definitions. And again, I thought that fits so well. Like what are we made to do? What are we created to do? The first aim to love or to glorify God and to, or by enjoying him forever, <laughs> yes. right? To enjoy him forever. And yeah. that's really what a human flourishing is because that's how God created us. Amen. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I loved, I don't even remember this part in the podcast where they said, you know, so often as parents, we start with this goal. Like no one's like, hey, I want them to make a six-figure salary and get into an Ivy League school when they join, you know, a a classical Christian school. But so often after the younger years, then they get, they start getting in to the upper grades and you see college looming, you see ACTs, you see, you know, and so then our questions towards our kids or the school or teachers or whatever is, is more of like, how'd you do on that? How'd you do on that chemistry test? What grade did you get? Instead of like, what did you learn? What was the most fascinating thing um, that you studied? How did that affect your heart? Yeah. Yeah, because they're going to be dealing with all kinds of information for the rest of their lives. And this equips them well to be able to flourish in an Ivy League school or any, you know, a type of school, whatever school or whatever, you know, whatever God calls them to after high school. But... What kind of a person is this making them into? That's what we're really interested in. And all of the other stuff just happens to come with it. And that's what we've seen. If you look at the, um, we did a podcast a few podcasts ago on the um, uh, the study. The, uh, oh, um, oh, it's 
Good soil. Thank you. Good, Good soil, soil study. study. So I would say something about roots. Good soil yes, study. Yes, all the roots, all the soil. Yeah, cultivating it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would highly recommend it. Look at that one. You can listen to our podcast or you can go and find the Good Soil Study. But that does show the outcome of classical Christian alumni. Um, and it's, it's really encouraging. So you can see, you know, I don't know, there's a, there's a big, huge study. It's lots of pages. It's like 80, 90 pages long. But in a sense, you know, in essentially... We are asking, does this work? Does this make a, you know an interesting individual who loves to learn, who can flourish no matter what he or she does? And what this is showing us is, in general, yes, it, it can. Yeah, I loved, again, if, if we really have a desire to engage, for students to engage the world for the glory of God, that they would have the wisdom to be able to do that. Um, obviously, that's a work of the Spirit, yeah. but... But again, that's what our goal is. That's what we want to see develop and who they become. And I, th- I was thinking of this. Um, um, my husband, Zach, often says we have to make sure that we get um, things in proper order, meaning like we have to know our um, identity, and that has to be rooted before we get the indicative, right? Or I'm sorry, we need the indicative before the imperative, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to know who we are before we get what does God call us to and what do we look like. If we, if we switch that, so if it's not that we're not supposed to obey. We are supposed to obey, but I need to know who I am is secure, that I'm a son or a daughter in Christ first. Um, otherwise, it becomes moralism. Yes. Right. And and I think of this kind of in a similar way. Like, yes, we want them to have a good livelihood, um, to get into good colleges and get a good job and do what they are called to do. But if I aim at that, then I lose what they're becoming. I could lose kind of who they're becoming and the soul and the underlying um, kind of cultivation of that. Um, but if I aim at their virtue and their developing wisdom, then the, the other often follows as well. Hmm. Then they're created to be, I think it was um, W.E.B. Dubois that said, like, um, let me see if I can find it. He said, um, I insist that the object of all true education is not to make men carpenters, it is to make carpenters men. Hmm. So, and I love that. Like, it's not that we don't want to train them technically, but if I shoot for that, they could be technical, really great technically, and not be wise, not be virtuous. They could have all the knowledge, and without virtue, that's actually really dangerous, yes. right? Um, but the goal is to make those carpenters, and that just is saying, like, whatever they're doing into into virtuous men and women. Mm. Amen. I love that. That's great. Thank you so much, Kim. Um, we're going to just wrap up here with that. I think we could probably go on for <laughs> quite a yeah, long time. Good. Um, but that's really good. Uh, we just we do pray that for our students. Um, and we are so thankful for the teachers that we have and who love our students so much and really want this for them as well. They really, uh, we are for sure knit together in this with them and um Yeah, I just get more excited talking about it. Even now, you know, the telos or the end of education and and how you related that to um, the catechism question. Like, who are we made for? We are made to glorify God and or by enjoying him forever. And um, yeah, that's what we're doing in our education too. Lord willing, that's what we would like to do. 
Yeah, so we look forward to hopefully you joining us on the next podcast when we'll get into what does this look like, what encouragement do we have for the classical student, and then us as parents as well get to kind of listen in. Yes. Now I'm going to throw this at you. We normally do a recommend (laughs) at the end of the podcast. Um, So I'm going to ask Kim here if she has a recommendation for us. Do you have one? Um, I do. Um, I'm going to do two really easy ones. Listen to Base Camp Live. Okay, (laughs) that's good. Um, (laughs) Almost every podcast that I've I've listened to has been encouraging for me, even if it's not something that's like directly applicable to what we're doing. um, It's just encouraging to hear other people talk about this, other hearts. um, And kind of off of that comes my second recommendation. um, And that is, I just listened to one on, it was called uh, um, a hundred days of Dante and our older, our, um, Huma 5 class is starting Dante's Inferno. And um, I, so I was intrigued by this. I've read it, but a very long time ago. And it's basically um, this professor from Baylor and a, and a group that's putting together, I guess it was Dante's, it was like 700 years anniversary, I think last fall, um, when he wrote um, the Divine Comedy. And so they put together this whole resource um, of 100 Days of Dante, just kind of each canto, they do each canto, and they're going to do videos um, for, yeah, just helping explain, helping walk people through who've not had much background. Um, That's this beautiful so cool. poem. And yeah. so that would be, I haven't listened to it yet, um, but if anybody wants to join me in that, um, I, will, I think it would just sure. be, yeah, good for my own continual education. I just thought that was fascinating. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I love that. Um, I would say mine would be grab classical me, classical thee, and join us for our next. I do think even if you don't join us for the podcast, um, it is an encouragement to read that. And the other one is we just, this one just came out and actually we found out about this book called A Hundred Common Questions, A Guide to Understanding Classical Christian Education by Dr. Timothy Dernlin. He was interviewed on Basecamp Live, actually. Um, He has this book that's really small, and it's just real punchy. It is actually 100 common questions about classical education. Real quick snippets, most of them, but they answer questions really well. So we might actually pull this and just do a few of these snippets as well in the coming weeks. But um, I would recommend those two books. And I would say, I would echo those two books, too. And they're such easy reads, um, which is really helpful, too. Um, Very quick, um, poignant reads. For sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Kim. We'll see you next time. Sounds good.